Welcome to the Black Mind Garden, the podcast that helps you remap your mind and retrain your brain and be more flexible and fluent in your life. This podcast is about planting new seeds that help you remap your mind so that you can master your inner voice, expand your listening and communication, and produce unimaginable results in your life. I am your host, Dr. Maisha. Hey, have you ever thought about learning NLP or hypnosis or even being a coach? Even if you simply learn the skills of coaching, it could come in handy everywhere and in every area of your life. Our mind remapping NLP coach training will give you mastery over language, helping you to improve your confidence, communication, coaching, and leadership. So if you're committed to removing unconscious blocks so you can consciously elevate your performance in every area of life, join our next training. Schedule and training interest call at remapmymind.today. That's remapmymind.today. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Black Mind Garden Live podcast episode. Now, I know there'll be some people who are listening live. There'll be some people who will be listening on the replay, but I want to welcome you to another episode. Um, Here we are remapping minds so we can create a life you design. And today I am super excited because I have my friend and colleague here, Dr. Taniqua Miller. She is the owner of Taniqua MD. She is a physician. She is a life coach. She is, she focuses on, I'm going to let her tell you the whole thing, but she focuses on helping women of color quit the things that they need to be quitting in life. That's what we're talking about today. Like, What are the things that we, as Black women and women of color, hold on to that we don't need to be holding on to anymore. What are the things we need to be quitting? So I want to welcome, 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 welcome you to the show. Dr. Thank you for Nicola. having How me. Are you? I'm so please, excited. Please mention that I am a fangirl and a client of yours too. <laughs> please mention that. Like yes, my venturing into coaching, which absolutely changed my life and got me on this quitting journey. Let me just say that. Yay. <laughs> such an honor. It's such an honor to be able to ha- be your coach. I mean, you're just the most amazing person. I, I just have really fangirled you and, and, and really admired how you've taken on this quit journey. And it's interesting because I think when people think about quitting, they think about very specific things. So before we jump into it, cause you know, I can go deep, real deep, real fast. I want people to know who you are. I want, I mean, I know you and I want my audience to really get to know Absolutely. who you are and about your journey. All right. Awesome. Thank you. So I am Dr. Taniqua, born and bred Bronx, New York. Um, I am the first of a lot of things in my family. My family originates from the Caribbean, Trini Massive, where's my Trinidad Pope. Um, and so coming into the United States, from my gra- if you let my grandmother tell it, she was here on a Thursday, she was working by Monday. And so watching my family kind of like build this like American dream, that was like my journey in childhood. And for me, I was the first of many. I was the first of going to college. I was the first to uh, become a physician. I was the first like to get married, um, kind of like in this country. And 
there were a lot of hats that I was wearing and a lot of responsibilities and roles that I took on because I was the first, you know, there's a lot of pressure there. And so when I found myself behind the wheel of my minivan with crippling anxiety, because I was working in a, in a work environment that I felt was undervaluing me, was not really seeing me as a human being, really seeing me for my talents. Um, you know, I felt like I was ruffling feathers, but not in the right way and was kind of being cast aside. It really had me do a reevaluation of what is my purpose? What am I trying to achieve in my life? On the suggestion and the recommendation of a colleague, I took a break. And that was something that was filled with a lot of shame because here it is on paper. I look pretty good, right? Like in one generation, I've been able to amass this incredible achievement of becoming a physician. But on the inside, I was super, super lonely and unhappy. And it was during that break that I realized that I needed to start quitting, And when I say quitting, I needed to start letting go of the things and this perception and these images, these false narratives in my head of who I should be. I realized that so much of my self-worth was tied to achievement. Mm -hmm. And I think we kind of know that like in the world of like woo-woo, like, you know, your self-worth is inherent. But when you actually are living a life and you realize that a lot of your, your doing is what gets you attention, a lot of your doing is what gets you that feeling of, of worth, mm-hmm. uh, it's really hard to kind of walk away from that. Mm-hmm. And so I had to challenge myself and say, this over here ain't working. Mm-hmm. This is no longer serving you. How about we do something different? How about mm-hmm. kind of leave that alone? How, like, let's quit that and let's take that energy, that talent, that brilliance, everything that kind of like drives you, that passion, mm-hmm. and put it into the things that really, really move and shake you and, and feel make you feel empowered. Yeah. It's so interesting. You know, you said something really great. Like you, you know, we, we could say, oh, your value is inherent. But if, when we're conditioned, when we're conditioned a certain way, right. You know, this is, (laughs) I love this conversation already. You just dropping, dropping gems, dropping gems already. (laughs) When, And, and it's, and, you know, I often talk about it in the context of our industry, in the medical industry, but we can, we can look, we can actually look across the board in the work industry. Yes. And especially for black people, black women, women of color, we can look at the conditioning that happens that gives us the unconscious message that we're not inherently worthy. Right. Right. There are the covert messages. And then there are the overt messages. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So, so I love that. I love that you said that because it's important for us to distinguish that we could know something intellectually, but subconsciously all the messages that we've been given over time have you know, sort of settled in our to un- our unconsciousness and into ourselves. So thank you for bringing that. And I love what you did, which is recognize, mm-hmm. yeah, I need to quit that. I need to quit that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It actually gave me this like almost like rebel identity that when I started realizing that all of the work and all of the hustle that I was trying to get was it really serving me in terms of my purpose? What was my purpose? Sometimes you kind of conflate the two, someone else's mission and purpose with your own. 
And I realized that a lot of what I was doing, yeah, there was somewhat of a passion for it, but a, like I would say the vast majority of stuff I was doing to check boxes because it was what was expected of me. And I mean, we're good at a lot of things, right? And so we're just like, oh, I'm good at it. So mm-hmm. let me just kind of like take it on. Mm-hmm. And it really wasn't where I needed to be putting my energy. It, and it led me to my car with chest pain and anxiety. Yeah. And so it wasn't, it wasn't what I needed. And mm-hmm. I'm so grateful that I had space and time by taking a break to fully like listen to myself again. Yeah. Um, a lot of the healing in this process has been relearning how to trust intuition, relearning how to listen to that inner voice. Yeah. I always make the joke as part of my quick formula, which I know we'll get to. Yes. That sometimes we like pray, oh my goodness, please God, give me, give me the answer. And it will hit you right upside your head. And we still like, is that it? Because I don't know. And we'll try to talk ourselves out of like what our inner voice and what our intuition is trying to tell us. And it's really not our fault. It's again, conditioning. When we think back to being children, right? How many of us heard the term uh, little little girls should be seen and not heard? Yeah. And I think of my own children, my youngest. I mean, he says whatever comes out. He has no filter. He tells you exactly what he means, what, he, what he's thinking, what, yeah. he, what he doesn't want. <laughs> And there is this like desire to kind of want to stamp that out, but he's just listening into that, into that internal voice that's telling him, we want this and we don't want this. Right. And we are conditioned as girls into women to not trust that voice, mm-hmm. try to like outsmart the voice that's telling mm-hmm. us, nah, you don't need to take that on. We come mm-hmm. up with that laundry list of things that will, well, if I do this X, Y, and Z, when really we're raging inside and say, girl, mayday, mayday, don't do this. Yeah, so true. And, you know, um, our our live listener, uh, Chelsea, says when you're being devalued day in and day out, absorbing that those messages can be easy Mm -hmm. and the spiritual power that it takes to stand in Mm -hmm. our value is so needed. I love that. And and you said it. I mean, you know, it's interesting. One of the things you said is, you know, we 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 tend to work harder like we think, well, if I just work harder, if I just do more of this, then I'll be seen. I'll be valued. I'll be heard. If I just take on that one more role that I know that I'm good at, I'll be seen. I'll be valued. I'll be heard. When the voice inside is saying, you need to quit that and go do this thing over here that you're passionate about. Go do this thing over here. You know, like the I call it the knock, right? And we're listening. We're praying. We're asking higher power. Hey, you know, lead me in the right direction. Guide me in the right. Show me what I need to do. And, and the knock is, and, and God is knocking on the door, you know, higher power is knocking and you're like, no, no, but show me. And, and, the, and the knock is happening. You're like, well, I hear something, but I don't see anything. <laughs> so oh my gosh, yes, we can definitely, and you're right. We are taught to, and I think um, for, for sure as women, and I'll add on to that, I think as black people too, we are taught to ignore that intuition. It's been you know, sort of like beat out of us, right? Like right. literally, yeah. And so, survival, right? Like we were survival. like, we're saying we don't want to do this, but how can we show up, especially in these places, like these professional places, um, or academia where I was, and being able to say no, right? Everything about my journey was about trying to be a yes person because yeah. 
being in that space required it, right? Think about like when you're applying for medical school and you have to interview, you have to like kind of have a certain appearance. You Mm -hmm. can't bring too much attention to yourself. Mm -hmm. Even in like, I mean, the examples of comments that are said about black women's hair, right? Mm -hmm. So you kind of pull it back and you keep it real. Yeah you know, you kind of conform to this aesthetic of kind of conservative. Yeah. And then while you're in medical school, you're always trying to curry the favor and curry the accolades from faculty because that is what you need to get to the next level. So you're constantly in the space of trying to get someone's like positive attention and be seen as the good person, the one that doesn't, you know, ruffle feathers, the one who kind of goes with the flow. And so when you do have kind of a, alternative perspective or controversial or polarizing perspective, you are com- immediately cast out. Yeah. And so you can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you get through the journey, you have bills to pay. You have loans yeah. to pay. You yeah. have to follow the rules. Yeah. And there's really some real anthropologic like trauma, generational trauma around being cast out mm. because, you know, to be in community is to survive And to be cast out is to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. to predator, Mm -hmm. right? To be prey to predator. So, so then it is like, okay, I need to, I need to be a part of, I need to do what I need to do in order to, to fit in, accepted. And if, if I speak too much, right, if I voice my opinion too much, if I go a different way too much, then I might be cast out. So we make ourselves fit in these roles for times that, you know, times much longer than we need to. Right. Right. And so I want to like really transition because quit is what you're all about. And I I really love if you feel um, comfortable to you to share this quit journey, because I think it's pivotal, 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 to your the acronym your your methodology that you've come with so talk a little bit about your quit journey and then talk a little bit about how it led you to develop this quit process yes so i am like super uber like if you look up achievement and overcoming odds in the dictionary you would see my picture And so, you know, I'm a double Ivy League grad, like I am super, super scrappy and and I want to do good work in the world and I have a lot of talents and a lot of strengths, et cetera, et cetera. And there was a point in my journey that I was trying to be promoted. I was trying to do all of these things. And I kept being told that you're not doing enough. You need to do a little bit more. And that was really demoralizing. And I was just like, I feel like I'm at the end of my rope with trying to like fit in with this. And when I had my break, that's when I realized I was like, it's because I don't fit in this. Mm -hmm. So how can I now take small steps to kind of reclaim a bit of myself? How can I get back to myself? Mm -hmm. And when you sit with yourself and in quiet and just allow your mind to kind of be free of kind of all of these expectations, the message came to me clearly, very clearly. And it was like, you need to quit all of this, which was really scary for the Uber achiever in me because I'm like, what do you mean brain that I need to like, just let go of this like vision that I held for myself. And it was clear that it wasn't my vision. Yeah. And so quit is an acronym that I came up with to help me that I literally go through as I'm trying to decide what to do, what not to do, even in my life now. Yeah. And so the Q is question why you're doing what you're doing. Mm. 
there have been so many opportunities that have come my way. And I'm like, well, this could be a really good way for me to get in here. And then the question is like, is that why you're doing it for? Because you think that this is going to be something that's going to get you to the next level? Or is it really coming from a space of like heart-led, purpose-driven work that you really want to do this? And so Mm -hmm. being really vulnerable with yourself and understand, are you trying to do this because you're trying to achieve more Mm -hmm. for someone else's recognition? Or is this really coming from a place of passion and purpose? The you is understand the consequence if you choose to do it or if you don't do it. And you is a capital Y-O-U. And so I laugh because the the airline industry has this down, right? It's like, put your mask on first. But so many times we make decisions about doing things because of what we're afraid others will think. Yes, ma'am. So when I was serving on committees, I remember going through, well, if I don't do it, who's going to do it? Mm -hmm. This person needs me. But if I had stayed in that role, it would have taken me out. Mm -hmm. My anxiety was at an all-time high. I was having physical manifestations. Yeah, I could have pushed through. I've been doing that. But at what point am I now going to center myself and what it is that I need? Because if I'm not good, that means that my family's not good. My children aren't good. I'm behind the wheel of my car in in the garage, not wanting to go into the house, not being able to deal and have the bandwidth with anything else because I'm so burnt out. Mm -hmm. doesn't serve me, doesn't serve the people that really matter to me. And so understanding the consequence if you stay or if you go is really important and really sit with that vulnerability to understand that if I walk away, who will I be on the other side? Mm. And then I is leaning into your intuition. Mm. And to relearn how to listen to yourself is so like powerful and and uplifting and f- it's like freedom. Yeah. I remember there was one particular role that I took and I said out loud. I literally said this out loud. I don't want to do this. <laughs> and then it was immediately followed by but you know this would be really good for this mm-hmm. and there's no one else to do the work. And literally my body was like, no girl, do not do this. You already know the pain that's coming. Don't do this. I even said it out loud and I still did it anyway. Mm. That role is what landed me behind my my wheel in my car with chest pain. When we lean into that intuition, we really honor ourselves. We really honor the deepest parts of us that know us so well, that know what we need. And sometimes it's really hard to know whether it's intuition or not, because for so long, it's kind of been beaten out of us, right? Mm -hmm. To trust that inner voice. And so that takes some work. Mm -hmm. And for me, that came with being quiet, developing a meditative practice to just allow my brain to just do what it's going to do and allow it to just be. And then the T in the quit formula is to take action. We cannot ser- we cannot give ourselves a new narrative of mm-hmm. what we're capable of or what the life that we want of our dreams. Like we mm-hmm. can't really change that unless we tie it to an action. And so when I made decisions about, okay, I'm going to leave this, outright quitting was really hard, but I took action. Yeah. I drafted the resignation email mm-hmm. and I kept it in a drafts folder. Mm-hmm. Look at it every once in a while. Yeah. And when I would return to the work and I would feel that kind of like heaviness, Mm -hmm. I would feel that anxiety roll up. That's when I knew, okay, now is the time. Mm -hmm. So I didn't just kind of like come out the gate quitting. I I took steps to get me there. And then my body knew, my mind knew when it was time to let go. And Mm -hmm. then I would press send. But Mm -hmm. I would see what happened. The more you start quitting, 
it becomes like a game. I'm like, oh, what else can I quit? Because it felt so good knowing that this was no longer a responsibility. The heaviness lifted. I now had so much time and space and energy to put towards my other interests, which I love speaking and I love coaching. And so I was able to invest in myself in that way and use my time over there, pouring yeah. into me and not into places that didn't value me or value my talents or my voice. Uh-huh. So the more that I started like just doing these small acts of quitting, uh-huh. I started building up a, a new um, self-concept of what uh-huh. I was capable of. My world didn't fall apart. Uh-huh. Who matters the most, my family, my children, they were still here, right? Uh-huh. And saw me again, right? They didn't see yeah. this grumpy person. Yes. <laughs> they saw me again. I returned to myself. Mm-hmm. And eventually I made the decision to have the final quit, which was to leave my role in academia so that I can pursue entrepreneurship. Wow. Wow. Let me tell you, look, and that's our show for today. Thank you. For- <laughs> <laughs> that you just dropped all the gems, all the gems, right? I mean, from the question, why are you doing this? You know, and and it's interesting because it is, it's often, it's that, that, just that went in right there. Like if you had stopped at that, at the queue, that would (laughs) have been the entire show for me. Cause I still have to do that, you know, like in full, you know, transparency, I get these opportunities and I'm like, oh, squirrel, I can do this. Oh, I can do that. And it's like, well, why are you doing this? Mm -hmm. Like, what is the reason? Right. And and then the consequences if you do and the consequences if you don't, you know, like what will happen if you do and what would happen if you don't? And which consequences are you going to be most OK with? Right. Which consequences are going to cause the most suffering? Right. Are, are you, are you going to choose the suffering path because it's comfortable or are you going to choose the path that's going to lead you to what you want, right? right? Understanding the consequences. And I think what that speaks to is that there is always choice. Choice. Girl, there was always choice. We People are like, oh, I don't have a choice. No, you do have a choice. You just have to understand the consequences of the choice. And oftentimes we make the cons- we make out what we think the consequences are going to be, sometimes we make them much worse than they actually are. Right. So I want to just like, you know, lean into that. Like we need to be to, to run consequences by other people because oftentimes we catastrophize consequences. Yes. That was the word that just came into my head. Right. We catastrophize consequences. And so we need to really understand, well, what, you know, this is maybe the worst that could happen, but what also could happen? What's the best that could happen? Right. So I really love that. And then following the intuition, I don't even need to say anything more about that because you just covered it all. Like, I love what you said when you said um, you, you said it out loud. And yet you still like we are taught mm-hmm. to ignore our intuition. We and it's there. We can feel it. The bodily sensation. We can feel it. That physical right? sensation. Yeah. And we have to practice mm-hmm. following our intuition. And I think that's what, you know, just in terms of like this whole quitting process, what I want to underline is it is a process. Cause I love what you said. You didn't come out the gate quitting. Right. Like it was a process. And when you began to practice quitting, it became easier, right? Because it is a process that you practice and you can, and there are small things you can quit and there are big things you can quit, right? And so, and and I think one of the things that you, you didn't say 
overtly, but I was kind of in between is that you didn't do it alone. Mm, no. Right. You had your family, you know, especially, and, and, and I'm sort of outing a little bit, your amazing husband yes. who was like, I got you, I got you. <laughs> right? Right. right. So you, and then, you know, your coaches, your community. Coached up. Coached <laughs> up. Community, like you mentors, you had lots of mentors. And I think that's another thing that sometimes can make quitting scary is if we think we're alone. And when we realize that we're not alone, that we have community, when you find those safe people in your life that can, that are, that are not, you know, they're not just cheerleaders, they're perspective givers. Yes. You know, then that helps to move you along that process so that you can take action even when it's uncomfortable. Because taking new action is always going to be uncomfortable. I know that when I was burnt out and I realized that now I felt like my body was in overdrive. I was in true fight, like flight or fight, like from the moment that I woke up, like I just felt icky in my body. I didn't understand fully that like it was like all of this cortisol raging around and I just didn't feel well. And when you're in that fight or flight, you're laser focused on like catastrophe, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, your body is like what like bear is going to come out of the woods and like eat me. It's you're constantly laser focused. And I think what was really key, especially with coaching, my coaches were able to see the forest for the tree Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. really see like the larger landscape of my life. Mm -hmm. And I remember talking to you after I made the decision to quit, you said, you just needed to make the choice. It was there. (laughs) It's so hard though. Right. Like when you're like, Oh, like the bear is coming to get me sort of thing to be able to take a step back and really evaluate like, Oh, I do have a choice here. That's how our brains kind of get to this like end point where we just feel, Oh my goodness. Like if I don't do this, et cetera, et cetera. The other thing that really helped me during this time and helped me tap into intuition was a tapping session that I had. Yes. So I literally was having, when I tell you it was right here, I can like, like my, my anxiety shows up right here. And what was crazy is that I had this in residency. Mm. There was always this one rotation. I would literally walk onto the floor. The chest pain would start Mm-hmm. And then literally I would go the same day. I would just switch to a different role. Like if I was on call and covering labor and delivery or whatever, it would go away. Mm-hmm. I would go onto the floor. It would come back. I would leave and go home. It would go away. And I did my due diligence. I did the whole workup and I knew it was anxiety, but I just needed somebody to say, yeah, you're anxious. Mm-hmm. At the time I could like manage it. And then mm-hmm. when I graduated, kind of went away. Mm-hmm. And so when this chest pain started coming back, I'm like, ha ha. And it was so uncomfortable. I felt like something was wrong with me because mm. I couldn't shake it yeah. and I wanted to run. And I think I use the exact words when I'm having chest pain, I literally want to like extract myself mm-hmm. from those circumstances. Yeah. And in that tapping session, what we did was we reframed that chest pain as my intuition. Mm. Trying to get my attention Yes. In so many different ways and little yes. whispers and things yes. like that. I literally would say things out loud. I don't want to do this and would do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And my body was like, okay, I got a way to get her attention. Let me just throw a little chest pain. Right. And that was, that became my intuition. And right. so when I would feel it, I wouldn't run. Mm-hmm. I would say, you're telling me I'm not safe here. Mm-hmm. What else do I need to know? Yeah. You know something? 
went away. Like literally, like literally, <laughs> I didn't have any more chest pain. Yeah. And I think it was because I finally made a decision uh-huh. to listen uh-huh. and also to pause and pivot. Yes. Yes. And that's to take action. And I, and I, I love the thing that you said that you will know. Because people always ask, well, how do you know? How do you know? How do you know? I just was asked that question the other day. How will I know? I was like, only you can know. When you tap into the intuition, the intuition tells you. And I always say, you know, intuition is that high connection with higher being, higher power, whatever you believe in, that's higher one greater than oneself. And, and also, you know, in my line of work, we also say intuition is tapping into the unconscious mind, right? Mm-hmm. That, that part of you that's connected, that knows everything about everything, right? The universal intelligence, yes. we might call it. Oh, right? so good. <laughs> yeah, right. And so, and so when you, when you really are listening and tapping into that eye, that intuition, then you know when to take action. Mm-hmm. And we shouldn't persecute ourselves for not taking action sooner than we do. Right. It's like, oh, I wish I would have, I wish I, and, it, we, and there's always, you know, there's, there's an inkling of wait, man, if I had done this, this many years ago, cause I, I mean, I still have that sometimes like, man, if I had done this, this many years ago, where would I be? If I had invested in real estate this many years ago, where would I be? <laughs> right. But like, it's, you know, to persecute oneself for taking action when you take action does not do any good. Right. So whenever you take action, is always the perfect time to take action. Just take action. <laughs> Just take small, action. Small pieces of action. Exactly. I, mean, I was writing masterclass resignation letters, beautifully written. <laughs> like, I'm like, I can post it. Someone can use it. I was quiet, uh, um, quoting Mother uh, Maya Angelou. Like, I mean, masterclass that was just coming from my fingers. And I just put it in the drafts folder. Yeah, it's because you practice. Mm-hmm. It's micro habits. You know, mm-hmm. it's like micro actions that lead to macro actions. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. So now you help <laughs> other women quit doing the stuff that they don't need to be doing. Right? <laughs> you know, when you when you really sit with it and say, I am not fully living in my purpose, you're waking up every day on a Monday, trying to get to Friday, not even like like literally just trying to like work your way through the week because you're so unhappy, you're drained. You don't really have a sense of like who you are. Like that's a lonely place. When I had my four weeks off, I was like, what am I going to do? I don't even know what I like anymore. Oh, I found it really quickly because when you give yourself that space, you could, but if you're like bogged down and burnout and you're doing all of this busy work that really is not in service to you, then you don't even know yourself anymore. And so for me, I wanted to help other women. I'm first generation. So I love my first generation crew because we have a lot of pressure y'all. But I help first generation professional women of color quit, but not just quit in terms of like the quitting of the job, but quit all the things that are no longer serving you and taking that energy, taking those passions, all of the things that you were throwing yourself into that really wasn't about you, wasn't for you and taking it and putting in a place where you're truly uber passionate about. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways that I think we can do that is through entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. Yes, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know what? I mean, I think we should have a part two um, and I think we should make it about all the things you could be quitting, mm. right? Like I love the path of entrepreneurship as a place to be transitioning to, but what are all the other things that we could be quitting? What yes. are all the other habits that we have 
like as moms. Mm. Oh my gosh. (laughs) We could have a whole episode of mom quitting. Like how do we as moms or as parents even, right? I can't speak for dads. Maybe we need to have like a, a, a three way um, <laughs> conversation between me and you and another dad. I actually have someone in mind where we need to talk about what are the things that we need to be quitting doing as moms, as black parents, as you know, parents in general, so that we oh, create that's, new like, that's like a chapter in my book. Like, there was so much quitting I had to do around my self concept of being a mother. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> so, that's an episode. And then we need to do a quitting around self-care. <laughs> the whole episode around quitting and self-care. Right. I, I really do believe there are some things that we do in terms of neglect of self and the belief systems. You know, I think a lot of this comes from belief systems. Mm-hmm. And we can have a conversation about what beliefs we need to be quitting too. Okay. You know, so we got a lot, we got a lot of conversations yeah. to have, but I just <laughs> You would be, you're going to be my, my repeat co-host. Uh. Okay, I'm ready. This is amazing. And you always have a way to kind of like take whatever I say and like, like elevate it to that next level so that the audience really can kind of connect with it. I mean, it is a scary journey. I don't think anything that's worth it isn't, yes. um, but it is one of power. It is one mm-hmm. of empowerment. Yes. Um, and just happy that I get a chance to tell my story here. Yes. Well, I am I am grateful that you you came and told your story here and that you know you will hopefully continue to come back and we can we can dive deeper in because you know people you know people we need to be quitting bad habits, you know, un, unresourceful habits, yes. right? And so um t- I, what I want you to do is I want you to tell the audience if they want to have a discovery call with you, if they want to work with you, if they want to, you know, have you come speak for them, how do they get in touch with you? Awesome. So I am quite active on Instagram. My handle is at Taniqua Miller MD. And for any speaking engagements or just want to connect with me for conversation, you can reach me at hello at TaniquaMD.com. Awesome. Awesome. And we will have all of your links in the show notes. So thank you so much for being with us. Yes. And (laughs) I also want to thank the listeners. Without the listeners, there is no podcast. I will ask that you share this episode because you know someone who needs to be quitting. If not yourself, you know someone that needs to be quitting doing things and holding on to things that no longer serve them. So share this episode with friend, colleague, parent, child, whatever. You know, share the episode and make sure that... um, people are quitting doing things that don't serve them. And also if you, when we release this we on, on the audio platform, we will let you know, I do encourage you to leave a comment, to leave a, a review on your favorite podcast platform, to let people know how wonderful Dr. Tanuka is. <laughs> These episodes have value. So with that, I say, thank you again, Dr. Tanuka, thank you for Tanuka having me. Miller, MD. Dot com um taniquamd.com him taniqua md taniquamd.com hello at taniquamd.com md.com reach out to her and and at taniqua miller md md.com <laughs> on instagram and again we'll have it on the show notes all right you all thank you for listening thank you for being here dr taniqua thank you have a great rest of the day 
and a great rest of the week. Namaste, y'all. Hey, thanks for listening. Remember, I want you to apply these principles in your life every day. But also, I want you to share this podcast with others in your life who you think it could help, a friend, a colleague, or family member. And remember, go hit the subscribe button so you will know when our next episode is released. Finally, I'd really appreciate if you did me a favor and left a review. It really lets others know that this podcast can make a difference in their life as well. See you on the next episode.